Welcome to Anne Steve Talk Stuff. I'm Anne Blake and I do artsy things. I think I think I once called this a podcast where an artist and an economist walk into a podcast. So Stephen Kinsley, you are that economist. Yes, I am. How are you doing? How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm in a new uh, structure again um, to record. I think I have found finally found the perfect setup for recording the podcast. Um, because you um, moved around a lot. You were in your shed. You've mm-hmm. been in your car. You built a fort. You were kind of almost built into a fort yes. by your wife. You were, you then kind of did some sheets and stuff. And then at one point you were like vaguely hugging the router in your house. Well, the router is very near me. Okay. But what I've done is I've gone to a corner because my the room the router's in is quite large. So I've gone to a bit of a corner of that room. Okay. I have still hung some blankets up at the side, uh-huh. but the main thing I did, you know what I did, Stephen? I bought a microphone, and that was the best thing I could do. <laughs> Weirdly, <laughs> you bought a microphone. That's awesome. I know, I know. I I'm a bit of a nerd uh, when it comes to podcasts. I quite like them, and there is one I listen to, and I I, I it's called Best Pick. It's all about the best movies. Um, they they watch a movie that's won the best Oscar, uh, the best picture Oscar, <laughs> and they, they watch them in order. They pull them out of a hat, and anyway, I, I started doing Patreon for them because, like, a lot of artists, you know, and that they they can't really generate any money during the lockdown. And what the Patreon does is it allows you have an unlocking. You can see some videos, stuff we should be totally doing, even. Um, but uh, <laughs> why don't we do that? I know, charge them, charge money for this magic. Uh, anyway, and in that, um, in this little back behind the scenes video, this guy talked about a microphone he uses, and so I ordered one. Um, okay, so that's my amazing story this week. I know nothing about microphones. Your microphone looks like a microphone. Yeah, it, you, I know, I know nothing about them. Um, and so maybe I should have a microphone. I think you should have a microphone. Yeah, but I that's just, I, I feel like it's just a status object for me because I have no <laughs> like perception of why it's good or bad, you know? It's, but I think, all... I think good, good quality audio is vital in a podcast. Like if you're not, like I'm just ranting into a, into a computer screen. Mm. You know? So I don't know, maybe, 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 I, maybe I sound like I'm roaring down a well or something. You know. Well, I, I do think we've had a bit of ups and downs with the audio and this with, with internet and stuff. So I'm, yeah. I'm quite, and I've even had to do apology recordings for the, the audio at times. So, because we normally do this in a studio and we've had to do it this yeah. way. But, so Sam and Q to you, if you feel, uh, or, uh, isn't that what it's called? Uh, I should really know this. I'm looking at it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, um, if you feel like buying one of those, they, um, they make quite a nice sound for podcasts. Okay. But you do have to kind of shift it. That's the thing. I, I, on... I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, such is my dedication to this podcast that if you tell me to shift the microphone, I'll shift the microphone. Shift I'm like, the that's, microphone. That, that's how I roll. That's how I roll. Okay. No social distancing with this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't share, you can't share the microphone. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Come here. How, how are you getting on anyway? I'm good. It's still, it's still incredibly busy. Like it's just, um, it's just meetings from sort of 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. every day, um, and sometimes six days a week. And it's just, it just, it never really stops. Uh, this week, uh, I gave evidence to the um, Oireachtas Special Committee on on COVID, which was really interesting. 
um, and you know, you have to write it. You have to write a parliamentary submission, you know, before that. And I've been doing lots of stuff um, uh, that I can't really talk about. But um, <laughs> it, to be honest, um, but but it's it's been really really busy because, like, I have my regular job, which is just to sort of be uh, an academic and sort of write papers and supervise students and you know uh, teach classes and stuff. Um, and I also need to like completely learn how to do all of that online. So mm. like there's a big difference between emergency response teaching, which is what we were doing before, and like actual online teaching, which is what we have to do in September. So right. to learn totally new skill set. Like it's totally new. And I've never done it before. I've been teaching for 20 years and I've never done this. So I basically learning that and then I have to do other what we can just broadly call public policy things. Mm. Um and I also write for a, a website called thecurrency.news, so that's that's uh, that takes up time. And um, you you wrote a great article there recently. I was, oh, thank I you. Re- yeah, I was reading one recently, and and I should really know it. <laughs> I should have it at hand to comment on. Yeah, I love I love the, I love all that stuff. So I have like three jobs, or I mean four jobs maybe. Mm. Uh, so it's 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 quite packed in terms of like it's quite packed in terms of getting. Uh, everything sequenced and often I lose like the thread of the detail of what I'm talking about so I have this like piece like I have just literally like just pieces of paper with stuff scrawled on them and I'm terrified to lose the pieces of paper in case I forget (laughs) about what I'm doing so I actually have four different pens right with four (laughs) different colors for four different things that i've written down so i can vaguely figure out what the hell is supposed to happen for the different things so um all of which is a long a really long-winded boring way of saying i'm I'm okay you're you're busy and somehow this is job well it's not exactly job this is engagement to number five this week i suppose where will you come and talk stuff yeah, and this is my, like, I just look forward to this every week. I love it. No. It's great crack. I notice, uh, Anne, that you've got paint on you. Oh. You, you. You're covered in paint. What's I'm been happening? Have you been paint. painting with your elbows? Like, I mean, that's, it's a it's new a form. I suppose. It's a new I'm style. Not I'm not an artist. <laughs> I, 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 is well, elbow painting a thing? When it comes to painting, I'm definitely not an artist. Um, uh, that's not where my skills lie. I am painting my front room at the moment. We had to replaster a wall. So I had painted three walls and I had to wait till that plaster had dried. Okay. And um, I was doing that last night and I thought I washed off the, the water-based stuff. Uh-huh. And then, but I was also doing some wood painting and that's oil-based and obviously you need white spirits and I just missed it. So I'm taking a break from that to... Um, to talk are to you, you awesome at DIY? Hmm? Are you awesome at DIY? Were you like plastering the wall? Oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> We've paid an expert to do that. <laughs> That's so hardcore. That's so hardcore. Because I, I fail at drilling holes. Like, I, <laughs> oh, I, I yeah. can't. I'm useless at DIY. Like, to, 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 you know, I've knocked thousands of euros off the value of my house just because I've been at it. I'm rubbish at DIY. And like the worst thing about it is I try quite hard, you know, because I feel the pressure to be good at it. And yeah. I'm shit. I'm just well, I mean, no, I, I can paint walls. That's that's the extent of my ability. And um And wood. 
and wood. Oh, yeah, wood. yeah. Sorry, wood. So doors and, and skirting boards and, and walls. That's And I'm painting them white, so there isn't even any nuance. <laughs> That's awesome. But yes, I am covered in paint. So yes, this is a podcast, but um, I do think they do put this on YouTube. I don't know. If you want to go it's to YouTube. YouTube. Apparently. All right, okay. Ian Reinhardt told me they, or Will Ryan of the Limerick Post, told me they put it on um, on YouTube, which is a bit... Yeah. That's why I... Well, no, if you look at this now, you'd be like, really? <laughs> you made yeah. an effort? Our, Will and Kean are comrades in podcasting. Uh, they are. They yeah. are. Yeah. They are producer yeah. and our overlord extraordinaire from the Limerick Post. Yes. Yes. All hail, Will. <laughs> All hail, Will. All hail. Actually, yeah, sorry. I realise I named my microphone wrong. It's a Samson Q2U. I'll text it to you if you feel like ordering one online because they are quite nice. I'll, I'll, if you feel like it's better, I'll buy one. Whatever. You know? Bossing you around now, Stephen, and telling you we need to up our ante. <laughs> I sort of... So that's another kind of function of busyness. I actually kind of feel like I need to be bossed around a little bit. Okay. Because if, I, if, if somebody doesn't say the thing is on fire, mm-hmm. go do the thing, I actually won't do it. Because yeah. I'm genuinely like... Uh, you know, um, there's this horrible American word, um, bandwidth. You know, people say, oh, you know, I don't have the bandwidth for this. Right. And I've always thought, what a pile of crap. I actually genuinely don't have the bandwidth for yeah. it uh, at the moment. I'm, I'm, um, I, I, I've got to find a, a time to just take time off because it's just bananas. Take time off and purchase microphones. That's my It's that. Thing. That's your new, that's your, 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 uh relaxation job yeah no, no but it's, it's, it's not back in, back in the day did we not just call that brain space i don't know i don't have any um which is weird because my sort of job is thinking but that that's that's yeah it's been a whole thing um there, there is yeah. a lovely lyric by david bowie from the song five years oh <laughs> yeah do you know the song no, I, I, so, so not only do i know i've been trying uh, uh, not trying not trying i've been absolutely amazed at my my son uh who's 13 he is well, got, i was just chatting to there yeah yeah he's yeah. got incredibly into guitar and he's like like properly into it not like i can play wonderwall like he's serious at us he's got you know he, he saved up for two years to buy this amazing guitar oh this, yes this thingamabob mcjigger thing and he's just he Fender Telecaster. Totally, totally. Telefendercaster. <laughs> he's really into it. I'm so proud of him. He's incredible. And he's a brilliant guitarist. Like, he's really, really at it, right? Um, but we're, if we're driving somewhere and, you know, regular music comes on, you know, just like, you know, bibbly bop, you know, uh, uh, dance music or whatever, he's like, Dad, turn on Bowie at Glastonbury or something. And I'm just mentally going, like, yes, you know. <laughs> Yes, you know, turn on the good music, Dad. You know, how about a little Nirvana? You're like, yes. You know, I feel like anybody who who anybody who can develop musical taste, about you know, I, I just wants to re-listen to Bowie at Glastonbury in 2000. And I didn't tell him to do that because if I told him to do that, like like this may shock you. I'm like, but I am not cool. I am not cool at all. I am the least cool person. And if I say, well, you should do that, he'll be like, no. So, yeah. Well, I don't think you're ever going to be cool to your children, in fairness. No, no, no. But, and, and, and my, like, I'm so uncool, you know, like, I'm so uncool. I'm not even cool for uncool. You know that way? 
Like I don't go into uncoolness, you know, some, so like, some people are like, my God, he's really uncool, but that's kind of cool. I'm not even that. Like it's terrible. So don't, don't believe a word of it, folks. Stephen there's a, there's a deficit there. And I'm fine with it. Super cool and super loved. I see the comments on your, on your social media. Your oh, students you. love you. They love you. Yeah, they didn't, love, they didn't love me at exam time. But yeah, no, that, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's. Oh, yeah. so, the so, lyric, the Bowie lyric. The lyric, yes, please. Sorry, I ran, ran away. No, ran away. Absolutely. It's, um, I remember, I remember because I, I've, youngest of five loads of music in our house and uh, i was doing my leaving cert and this was the lyric that resonated with me but when you're talking i think it um it sounds much more uh, appropriate to you and the, the lyric is my brain hurt like a warehouse there was no room to spare i had to cram so many things to store everything in there that's amazing that reminds me of an elbow lyric um cramming commitments like cats in a sack Mm. Yeah. you've quoted that before yeah. it's fab that's how i feel you know um but there's a there's there's also a lovely um it's a lovely lyric about um oh, what what does what does bowie say about what does he say about um you know uh, what was I, I was only singing it last night uh you know um but the dangers of like, you know, making love to your ego, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah, Make, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Stardust, yeah. making yeah. love to his ego, just, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant, like, you know, the dangers <laughs> of it all. <laughs> yeah. Be careful of that stuff, too. But, yeah. I, but the, the, the thing that I love most about those, those songs is that they reappear through your life. You know, they... You know, like I first heard those when I was probably 13, when I was Aaron's age, like, mm. and now I'm 41, I'll be 42 soon. And it's like, oh, when's so, your birthday? You know, August, August 17th. August 17th. Yeah. I'm yeah. one month and six days younger than you. Oh my God. Oh my God, you child. <laughs> and I'm going to cling to that. I'm going to cling to that little bit of time when you and I are different ages. And I, I'm going to just call you old man for, so for cool. those five weeks. That's so cool. That is that is, that is cool. You got to you got to keep keep that uh, 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 thing going. You know? I have a friend who was born two days after me, and we were both born in Limerick Maternity Hospital, and he just loves the two days that I'm older than him and and goes on about like we were both babies in the hospital and I was there yeah like I've been right I've been here like ages you're only a baby like, <laughs> you like? I'm okay. two times your lifetime <laughs> <laughs> you, years ago I told uh, I, my my uh, PhD supervisor his name was Vela and he was he was a really he was Sri Lankan and um uh, sort of kind of uh, very short, uh, bald guy. Imagine like Yoda, but from Sri Lanka. That's what he looked like. And um, he was he was a brilliant guy. And I think I was 24 or something. And he was 66. And he, he was kind of, you know, saying, oh, like, you know, you're so much younger than me. I said, yes, that's true. But in ratio terms, I'm going to catch up with you. You know, and he was, he was really interested. You know, I was like, you know, just as I get older, like, we'll just, you know, we'll converge. Uh, um, and eventually I'll pass you out. <laughs> <laughs> he 
<laughs> he, he liked the argument though. It was good. I mean, it was a very interesting way to make an incorrect argument funny. But um, yeah, he, he, he was like that too. So yeah, you were twice his age for um, a day. Yes, uh, yeah. Now the ratio is not quite that. No, and I think that's yeah. the fun thing. Yeah, it is a fun thing about age because there are times you are twice someone's age and then you, yeah. the year later, you really aren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So at one point I was, I was whatever, 27 times Aaron's age, 28 yeah. times his age. And yeah. Now I'm 41, he's 13. Exactly. You know, so it's like, and he's going to catch up on me, like, you know. Yeah, he is. It totally. Yeah. <laughs> aren't it's ratios great. fun? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, just... <laughs> just to put everyone's minds at ease uh we are not going to be talking about Annie mcfield this week um, okay. um yeah. and although it was fun and who knows never say never we may return yet yeah. um yeah i i gotta be honest the prospect of starting season three with these noxious people is just no can it be clarified this was all steven's idea because everyone's gonna idea. think I was gonna think, oh, Anne and Stephen. Anne wanted to talk about Annie McBeal, but it was all Stephen's idea. It was all so. my idea. I confess and and I submit that it was entirely my fault and my uh, notion. And um, yeah, we kind of got into Annie McBeal for nostalgia, basically, mm. you know, and um, then realized it's a really bad show. You know, like it's like not bad in the sense of the the writing is fine and the some of the ideas are fine but like as a product it's pretty crappy by today's standards to be honest and um yeah but we are not going to talk about it this week so we'll be we're in no, danger of no. talking about not talking about it yeah, so. there, is, there is one thing though there is one oh, show though that that like it's come up on the you know it because you watch this you should like that kind of thing their Bayesian oh, yes. recommendation system um thing uh which is uh, buffy the vampire slayer which i i'm kind of thinking i'm now dreading to be honest, I'm now dreading. I'm thinking I should watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer again and it'll be as good as it was before. But then I'm thinking, mm, that wasn't true for Ali McBeal. I Can I be. put your mind at ease? Yeah. I recently rewatched all of Buffy. Oh, good. Is it as good as it was before? It's amazing. Yes! And then I know this. I put my hands up in the air. I was delighted. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Um, Jenny amazing. reckons. Um, Jenny, who is very, my wife, who's very political and, and uh, politically minded, re- thinks her sense of social justice and uh, fair society came from watching Buffy. That's interesting. So no, I think you- Buffy is, I mean, so, so, so there's something kind of perfectly fascist and Aryan about Buffy. Mm-hmm. You know, she is literally the chosen one, the blue eyed blonde who kicks the ass of this, these giant you know, this giant army of, of, of evil people who live under the ground and are kind of subhuman in some sense. And um, yeah, so there's something, there's something vaguely fascist about her rather than the social justice thing. She's a bit like Batman in that sense. Rewatch you know? it because, I mean, it's also a bit of a curse. Do you know what I mean? Like oh being yeah, the only... she doesn't want these, these um, powers or whatever. Well, it's that sense that it's all down to one human in the entire world to fight all the vampires and all the demons. But do watch it. And I think we could return to that in some way. The one interesting, I have a bit of a Buffy, Ali McBeal connection that I noticed. And I love, speaking as someone who who loves Buffy, but there is a thing Sarah Michelle Gellar does 
and there is a thing Callista Flockhart does that I don't love. Okay. And because I think they both do great performances of very natural actors, but they do this thing where they fake stutter to show vulnerability. And it's, oh, I, I, I don't know about that. Or I, I, I'm not sure. And it's like, doesn't ring true. And funnily enough, they both do it. And as I said, I'll forgive Sarah Michelle Gellar anything because she does a fantastic job. But it's an interesting little... Um, yeah, yeah, a trick. Yeah, uh, but it's also... Yeah. They're, they are contemporaries and it could have been just a style of the time. Right. And um, the way everyone started singing my instead of me after Britney Spears. Everyone said may instead of me. M-E. You know, my loneliness is killing my instead of me. It's a, it's a thing. Everyone did it then. Justin Timberlake, um, Samantha Mumba. It's a thing. People just replaced M-E with M-A or M-A-Y. Um, fashion. Okay. You, you, you may not believe me. I'm very cool, so I know these things. It's not a, it's not a belief thing. I'm just like, I'm just, it, it's, it's amazing the amount of things. I just didn't, yeah. You didn't yeah. clock that. And the other one yeah. last thing, I know Honestly, we're still, yeah. I, how many minutes are we in? We're still talking about Adam McBeal. The one thing I did notice is I, I do love the music song choices throughout it. Like it's very 60s, a lot of yeah. the music. But uh, have you ever come across the term torch songs? No. So torch songs are this generally female, yeah, they're, they're generally sung from a female point of view about someone who you love, who doesn't love you or is incredibly abusive or is really crap, but I love him anyway, or I hope he'll love me someday or whatever. Torch songs. The, the entire, the entire um, um, uh, uh, back catalogue of Adele, basically. Adele, to a point, yes, yeah. But I mean, like, in someone who I absolutely adore, Dusty Springfield, a lot of her stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't but have you to could s- argue that Adele is, is the modern Dusty Springfield, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, maybe that's another episode we could argue. <laughs> but, like, you don't have to say you love me. Um, what, what's what's um, the, Nina Simone has one? Um, do what you got to do. I'll understand. You know, can't help loving that man. They're just, you know, they 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 sound good, but they're terrible messages. And all the music surrounding my feel is is torch songs. Um, even that one, tell him, tell him, you're always going to love him. Tell him, tell him. You know, it's all do a thing for him, and he's very inconsequential. He's just there to be longed for and probably doesn't give a shit about you but uh, anyway and I think that's an interesting choice that the soundtrack of of, of uh, Annie McBeal is for the most part Torch Songs which huh. obviously puts a uh, colour on the entire sure. through line of the show Yeah, we're I, still I, talking about it I'm sorry <laughs> but Vonda Shepard is an in, I mean she's probably the best thing about the show long term right so she's the sort of reflects Ali McBeal's she's like the weather in Shakespeare yeah. yeah so the weather always the weather is a psychological construct in Shakespeare you know when Hamlet's really pissed off it is absolutely coming out of the sky right and similarly because of course you can't have the weather in a tv show you 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 have the, the music and she reflects that mm-hmm. she reflects the internal psychological status of the character in a really like in a really interesting way Actually, it is, uh, you know, because sometimes, sometimes you can tell Vonda's in a different place to <laughs> to, to Ali, well, which is great. 
Um, yeah, it's fun yeah. as just singing a song in a pub and Ali is like, this is my life, you know. Uh-huh. Oh um, actually, funny story about Vonda Shepherd, uh, that I think Jenny told you this off air, but uh, Vonda Shepherd played UL Concert Hall a number oh. of years ago. Yes, that's right, that's right, that's right. And Jenny went and she ended up running on stage and hugging her. Vonda's great though. I mean, no, she is. Jenny you know, was just this like tragic super fan. <laughs> I don't think Fonda had any fucking choice in the matter. <laughs> but actually, with the you know, with the Shakespearean plays, why the there's so much weather and description of weather and that. So in the Globe Theatre it was just this big open empty stage and they didn't have effects. There was no thunder machine. There was no, like the, the, the set, there wasn't even a, a backdrop really. Do you know what I mean? It was, okay. it was the glow, like the audience were all around it. So it had to be described rather than seen. Right. So that's why the stage, uh, that's why there's so much description of weather. Whereas normally you just do that with lighting or with, uh, with sound effects. Um, okay that's why shakespeare likes to talk about the weather because he huh. couldn't show it he had to okay. explain it so that's so, yeah that's so and we just read it we well. just read it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 um I did, I did this thing with um with aaron when he was a kid i mean both both aaron and killian when they were younger i read them uh homer's iliad and i read them the aeneid and What's amazing about that is when you read the classics, they're not, when you read them out loud, they're oral poetry, right? So they're not, they're not designed to be studied by a bored undergraduate when they're, you know, when they're uh, uh, 21. And in sequence, they're designed to be read out over a fire while everyone's half pissed. Like that's, mm. that's where they like, they're designed to be oral things, right? So obviously can't get small children drunk, but you can make this incredibly dramatic because basically the Iliad is a giant Michael Bay film, right? It's just one big fucking battle where yeah. everyone just stabs each other. And it's fantastic. It's, 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 it's great. And it's, it's the dumbest thing, right? It's so dumb. It's like, he went on the battlefield, stabbed that guy. Then he chopped his own head off. And, you know, it's all this. Like, you know, and then there's some dialogue and people like... They focus on the dialogue bits and what was Achilles' mental state in this thing. And it's like, no, 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 you guys are missing the whole point. It's basically reservoir dogs, but with sandals. That's what it is. They're just killing each other. Yeah. It's awesome. I think the best thing that you can do for any classic work is actually read it. Because it deprives it of this over-intellectual thing. You know, mm. and I, like, I, <laughs> I mean, hands up, professionally guilty of this, yeah? But mm. like, when you... I didn't realize this until until I went to graduate school in America. Okay. And this guy, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant professor uh, called Anwar Sheikh, had us actually read Marx. So not some lad yapping about Marx, some commentary of Marx. Literally, just sit down and read Karl Marx. Yeah, And you learn three things. First, Marx was a genius. He was a genius, brilliant man. The second thing you learned was he was a terrible writer, rubbish writer, awful stuff, right? The third thing you realize is that basically there's so much in there that you can kind of take a cut off it any way you like. So Marx is kind of everything. 
you can't in social sciences he's you run up against him and then marx is there and if you you can love him you can hate him you can't ignore him right his ideas are there they're there today they'll be there in a hundred years and that's fantastic and most of his ideas by the way are wrong but they're wrong for different reasons and they're not wrong for the reasons that most people think they're wrong and i can say that because i've read fucking marx and very few people have <laughs> and it's great um uh, and I, I and I love the book, but it, it it one thing it does is it deprives it of its kind of mystery. Okay. You know, like there's no mystery. Like like I've read all three volumes of Capital, and I can tell you, you probably shouldn't read them all. You know, um, uh, but I I can also tell you that it's a pretty bad book as books go. Like it's not clear. It's it's designed to be, you know, um, it's designed to be something that it's not. Um, the same thing with Joyce. So we just had Bloomsday here. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I've read, um, um, uh, I've read uh, Portrait of the Artist of the Young Man in school. I read The Dubliners. I actually live beside the place where the dead is set. And um, I have read Ulysses. Where's the dead set again? What? Set in Usher's Key, Usher's Island. It's, a, it's an old place where they're trying to turn into like a Joycean museum, but they have no money. Okay. And, um, some lad wanted to buy it and turn it into a hostel and then all the joys people were like this is a disaster you can't possibly do this and they were like is there anything that could be said uh, to can you can you guys give us some money to fix it and they're like no no of course not you know so yeah yeah um, but i won't read finnegan's wake because i absolutely hated ulysses like oh. i just hated it by the end of the by the end of it took me two years to read the book by the end of it the book was in two pieces right and i got to the end and pr like if it was just me if i was editing ulysses i'd be like take the first 200 and something pages and chuck them in the bin and just go there's a guy yeah his name is bloom he meets this lady her name is nora nora speak the last 40 pages of ulysses are some of the best literature the best writing ever written they're amazing but you have to wade through so much crap to get there it's a nightmare like it's a nightmare it's an absolute nightmare and all these you're like it's so brilliant you're like have you have you read this it's shite you know i was really annoyed because i because you i if you're irish you're mm -hmm. he's sort of we don't do modern saints particularly but he's kind of a saint he's mm -hmm. he's a or if he's not a saint he's a ghost he's sort of you know he's sort of there like heaney he's kind of behind everything and, you know, people trot at these quotes that they've, like, you know, dug up on Wikipedia or whatever. When you actually read it, you're like, this is nonsense, you know? And um, I realized that there, there's probably, like, loads of people going, well, that's, you're cancelled, you know, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Kinsler is cancelled, folks. hatred of Joyce, you know? <laughs> but, but again, I've read the book, so I can say with confidence, you should just skip to the end. Uh, the soliloquy at the end is amazing. Right. I've never because, gone near it. I've never yeah. had the, the, because the guts. Just, ah, oh, it's just, it's hard to describe, but basically what you're getting is a way of representing thought, you know, uh, that, that, that you, even now, like whatever, 80 years later, you, you go, Jesus, like it, it bounces off the page. But before that, you've got a lad describing what kidneys taste like. You know, and you're going, Jesus Christ, you're going to wandering around. Does it, I suppose my, my biggest, my biggest uh, sort of 
feeling, it's a feeling, it's not even a criticism, is that you get this vague sense of contempt. Like he's kind of, the, the author is kind of contemptuous of the subject matter. He's like, look at these guys wandering around this cape of a city. And, you know, like there's a vague feeling, like there's a sort of a, a breath of contempt over it. You know, maybe contempt's too strong, but you, maybe ill feeling. And you just think, you don't really think that, I mean, you don't have to think a lot of people. Marx wasn't particularly delighted. Mm. You know, he wasn't particularly delighted with, with the, with, 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 even with the works in class, in fact. Mm. Uh, he gave the pro the proletariat a bit of a lashing in in in, in, in most of the books. Like for like, why are these people allowing themselves to be so subjugated so often? How stupid can they be? And then he kind of gives the he gives the reason. He's like, well, they haven't been educated to realize how badly they've been fucked over. So that's yeah. why. Um, and you know, he talks about like how the best thing that that the owners of the means of production, the rich people, can do is just set different types of worker against each other. You know, and he talks yeah. about like how this will often happen in strikes. You know, they have workers fighting other workers, and that you know that bids down the price of labor and all that. But and, yeah. and there's that thing. Of, you, you, I don't think I don't detect sympathy in Joyce's work for some of his characters, mm-hmm. and maybe that's a good thing. But I, it doesn't make for an attract. It doesn't make for something that you you want to particularly read. And so I I I I, I then decided kind of stupidly, I felt, you know, the way you've, you get this kind of energy at the end of a book, yeah. you're like finishing and finishing and finishing. And then you get, you know, you stay up all night and you read the bloody thing. So you get to that point and then you're like, Oh, start Finnegan's wake. And I got one page in and I was like, no way, <laughs> no way, not doing this. So I have, I, I can, I could honestly say I, I have, I have uh, read exactly one page of Finnegan's wake. I'm never reading that book. And I would cheerfully, I will cheerfully remain ignorant of the rest of Joyce's oeuvre because, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've only ever read Dubliners, which is a series yeah. of short stories, including The Dead, which is yeah. gorgeous. It's it's, yeah. it's very accessible, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose there are these books that are um, big, I don't know, kind of, they're painful and then there's a huge payoff. So there is a book called Vernon Godlittle, um, uh, which... Yeah is a tough read and then it gets you and it doesn't let you go i feel the same a bit about a clockwork orange as well it's like and then once you're in you're in i'd never read ulysses um i think i admitted to you a number of weeks ago i'm not a a super reader i'm i'm just uh, it takes me a long time to read so i imagine if it took you two years (laughs) it would take me 10. (laughs) i think that's maybe a Maybe it's something I think has changed with me with age. Mm-hmm. I used to think I need to finish these books. Okay. And I think now I'll start it and just go, nah, it's too sh- life's too short, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there are, there are tough books and I, you know, there are tough books and that, that reward study, but oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I just finished a book called Humankind, uh, mm-hmm. which has just been released. And it's about how people are generally sound. You know, most people, most of the time, nice. You yeah. Know? And the problem with that is, you know, the author then has to rec- reconcile, you know, most of literature where people are awful to each other. Um, most of social psychology, which shows that people are generally venal and, 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 and uh, you know, 
present focused and kind of generally awful to each other. The entire um, theory of economics, which is that people are uh, uh, self-interested and only want to maximize their own utility. And of course, um, the existence of war, including things like concentration camps. So tough, tough argument there, bro. You know, like that's hard to go, hard to do. And he kind of pulls at it from different ways. Um, I, I don't know that I was fully convinced by the argument, but what was interesting about it was the way he wrote it was kind of journalistic. So it's, he's, he's basically taken all these big studies of human behavior and he's tried to pull it out into different, um, different, different places, different, different, uh, uh, different parts of the argument. So he's broken the argument up. And then he, he sort of finishes the book with these kind of, uh, you know, uh, lessons for how you should behave, which is, you know, always think the best of somebody. People aren't trying to do you down. They're not trying to have a go at you. Most of the time, most people are really nice and are just trying to make it through. So, mm -hmm. you know, he talks about the religious idea of turning the other cheek. Mm -hmm. Well, that's actually really well-founded psychologically. You know, the idea of someone hurts you rather than hurting them back. Actually say, you know, it's, it's, it's contra-indicative behavior. Say, Can, would you like to hurt me again? And then yeah. they realize, oh my God, I've hurt that person. Right, so it's 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 a kind of a psychological judo flip. It's very difficult to do. You know? I've seen a couple of instances on social media. There, were, there was two instances I can think of. One was the comedian Sarah Silverman, um, who a guy just wrote, I think, like the C letter on her page, just boom, and she just said she just engaged with him and just said, "Look, I've just looked at your profile." I see you've been suffering a lot with uh, back pain and you've had very little support in this. Um, are you okay? And anyway, like it wasn't easy, but he just, by the end of it, she had uh, created a community uh, where there was someone near this guy who was a doctor who was going to help him and it, like completely turned it around through really? empathy and human kindness. Yeah. Really? And there was an, yeah, yeah. It's it, worth looking up. And, and there's another one of this uh, trans, um, a, a trans uh, activist, uh, okay. non, a non-binary um, uh, trans activist where um, a post went up on their page saying it's people like you that's making my daughter into a pervert or whatever, this mother. And they okay. just replied going, with absolute empathy going, I can imagine this is really difficult for you that you're, you don't understand what your child is going through. Can I help? Can I support you in this? And by oh. the end of it, wow. the mother is completely like, just acknowledge I'm angry. I'm scared. I, this is, I don't know yeah. what to do, but my daughter, I'm worried about my daughter. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's a book called, oh gee, I don't know if it's a book. Um, there is a, certainly an essay or by um, C.S. Lewis who would, who wrote all the Narnia books yeah. and a load of other things. And he'd primarily be coming from a Christian standpoint. But I remember, um, I think my dad mentioned that he defined evil uh, not as a force, but like, it's like darkness. Like it's the absence of light. So okay. it's not something that, it, like light is a force. Light is a thing. It's an actual entity. And, yeah. but when, when, when it's blocked by something, you have darkness. And, right. you know, that this woman uh, was worried about her daughter, loved her daughter, yeah. but it manifested in this anger. Like the anger came from, uh, it came from a good place that got distorted. And sure. um, 
like I know I'm trying to answer <laughs> trying to answer something like even if you think about wars if you think of that it comes from a place of mind you know people wanting to mind their own family you know what, what's the, the most important thing in the world to you your own family and you will do anything to and that can get distorted that that passion and that fierce um instinct to protect yeah. is something to tap into and anyway uh yeah these are all interesting things and i'm looking at the time <laughs> oh god I, I would call today's episode just you know put you know uh, if keen's gonna put a title on it maybe put the kettle on have a cup of tea listen to a chat because we, we we talked about a lot of stuff but nothing we j- today was literally talking stuff so we, we we actually had a plan to talk about a thing okay Talking about a thing, and I, I think so. The problem was, uh, I'm sorry, Anne. So the problem was that I, I trying to maintain about eight things in my head at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the. I think that's the problem uh, there. Hey, uh, there's there is no uh, problem. There is no I'm problem. Sorry about that. My job as well on this podcast, I do believe, is to keep it on track. And I just, I'll just, you know, I let it go. I ran with it because uh, primarily this is talking stuff. That's what we do. And um, today we covered a lot of di- a lot of different topics, and Ali still managed to get in there despite our best <laughs> efforts. Pervasive, that woman. She's she's she's, uh, <laughs> she's uh, yeah. You know what we might do? We might do so. So um, so I have this 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 theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, two two things. So one is a theory about tea. Okay. Yeah, about tea and and the ability of caffeine to mobilize empire. Number one. Mm-hmm. I, I also, I, 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 so I finished this book about called Humankind. Yeah. I started another book called Angrynomics, which Ooh. is why people are really angry and what to do. I think, I think so. So what the last book is like why people are generally sound and actually institutions that, that will increase the amount of soundness in the world are probably lacking. And if we could do that, that would be great. And the next book I started about half of the three now, it's called Angrynomics. And it's all about why people are really pissed off. Right? It's an interesting counterpoint. So we could talk about that uh, uh, next time. I, yeah, uh, and I, I'll do a bit of yeah. homework to keep us on, to keep us on track. Send me yeah. my reading list, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> and I won't read it. <laughs> uh, which, yeah. yeah, look, today was a lovely chat. And we might have yeah. steered clear of the brief, but our brief is pretty loose. Let's face Fair. it. That's fair. I mean, we did, we did, we did allow ourselves. It wasn't, you know, you know, Anne and Steve talk, you know, theoretical macroeconomics. It was like stuff. stuff. And this qualifies. This is stuff. Uh, this, this is stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Stephen. Yeah. Until next week, when the stuff might be a little bit more structured. But it was a lovely chat. It was a lovely chat. I do look forward to every week. I'm not like it's just, you know, in a very busy week. It's it's actually it's just nice to have the chat. Well, I certainly hope, uh, I certainly feel the same way and I certainly hope it was the same for people tuning in and we will talk to you next week. Bye. You have been listening to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Kean Reinhardt, theme tune composed and performed by David Blake. Follow Stephen Kinsler on Twitter at Stephen Kinsler. He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne Blake at Anne Blake 78 She is an Anne with no E. And the Limerick Post at Limerick Post. If you have any questions, you can get to any of these Twitter accounts or follow the hashtag and Steve Talk.